can see what all the fuss is about The beers are good and the vibe is nice With jokes guaranteed to bring tears to your eyes There's a variety of shows and you can choose your favourite We really hope that you can make it So come on down for a beer and laugh We treat our guests better than we treat our staff The beers are chill and the vibe is nice And welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, a podcast about building a comedy club during the pandemic. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew John Murtha. Joining me is my co-host and co-creator of the Comedy Clubhouse, Mr. John Ellis. Thank you, Dr. Matt. Good to be here. Good to be here with you, Johnny boy. Uh, For those of you just joining the program, this is, of course, a podcast that's documenting our ups and downs as we start a comedy club during a pandemic in a country that doesn't speak English here in Barcelona. Right. We finally have a unique experience that people might care about. Yeah. Right. Uh, Fingers crossed. (laughs) We just had to create a a huge potential for failure in order to get people's attention. Yeah. I think that's what people are. Some people are definitely excited about that. I think. All right. Now, before we get into the the day's topics, I do want to just give a shout out to our sponsors. This program, of course, is sponsored by Dr. Beaner's Beaker Cleaner, the only <laughs> beaker cleaner for any of your beaker cleaning needs, right? Nothing is meaner than Dr. Beaner's Beaker Cleaner. And also to the Mary Curry Alumni Network. The Mary Curry Fellowship, of course, uh, is a prestigious fellowship to European researchers, and the Alumni Network connects all of these researchers across, across the globe into one handy place. Be sure to check out their website. Join if you are a fellow. Marie Curie, is it? Yeah, and she has a, a last name, another last name that I cannot pronounce. She, is she the one that gave herself like radiation poisoning or whatever? She is the Nobel laureate, yeah, that is a pioneer of uh, radiation, I don't know, chemistry. And in the process did happen to... If only she could have curied herself. There it is. Now we know why he's on the program. All right, John, so... Why don't you give us an outlay, uh, an outline of what's going on, right? So you're creating a comedy club. We we are creating a comedy club, yes. Uh, it's it's a, an idea that we've had sort of fermenting for a while, I think, and we'll be kind of some of the few people that are regularly so poor that the only way they could have any dream of something like this happening was if everyone else became poor. So yeah. that's really our advantage, right? Is that, that like the property owners, the people renting these places have gotten like so desperate that we were able to pick it up for a price that we could afford. Uh, and this was on Monday. So this is one week from the start day and we've been setting everything up. Go, go, go. Uh, trying to get everything sorted. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about, or I want to get your opinion on the details of all that a little bit in a little bit, but so you're, you're starting a comedy club. What were your goals? What do you hope to accomplish with this? Uh, my goals with this are the same as my goal when I started comedy in the first place. Just do as much of it as I can and get as good at making people laugh as I possibly can. Uh, there's one thing, if you go to any professional comedian, they obviously always get asked, like, how do you make it? How do you? There's no rule except that everyone will say, get on stage as much as you possibly can. Uh, so there's a big selfish part of myself that's yeah. like, if I just run this place, then I can get on stage loads and hopefully uh, progress my own career. Uh, but also I, with the pandemic, I think it's sort of shone a light on, on, uh, diversifying into podcasts or sketches or like internet stuff that yeah. people can kind of, uh, see. So I'm, I'm 
writing those and I'm going to start producing those soon. Yeah. Unlike you, I actually, I wanted to create a space for community, oh, you know, <laughs> to help people along, you know, to give others a, a chance to perform. Yeah. People might actually listen to that. I didn't even think about it. It's about the comedians. It's about growing yeah. a community space. Uh, I mean, but you personally, you have goals as well though. No, absolutely. And to be perfectly honest, your goals and mine are the same. I wanted, I, I want there to be a comedy club in Barcelona so I can perform there as much as possible. Comedies are selfish. Like, like everyone that does comedy is selfish and everyone kind of accepts that, you know, I think. I, yeah. Right? Like, you know, if a yeah. comedian comes to town, you know they're after stage time. I know that that's what they're after. And everyone kind of agrees that you're just after getting on stage for yourself. Yeah, I was wondering if the audience automatically assumes that we're like narcissistic, self-involved people. And I think, though, they do. Yeah. And they're, well, they're right. But the, the difference is that I'm aware of it and would like to not be. Mm. So it's kind of like, like I'm that person, but I'm really, really trying not to be, which I think should count for something. It should, but it never does. Mm, yeah, right. Like that self-awareness, like I always with like girlfriends and stuff, I, I want I, going into it. I tell them like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not good. I'm not going to give you enough attention. I'm not going to do this. Well, I'm aware of it though. I'm does not matter. You set expectations. It doesn't help. Uh, yeah, that sucks. People, in fairness, I hate it when it when people like apologize. And it's like, ah, at least he has good intentions, you know. Mm. And it's like he could have been doing something terrible, like the serial killer that's stabbing somebody and apologizing at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So what else can we accomplish here? I'm trying to think what other goals I might have had for this place. Well, again, creating a safe a safe space for comedy. No, but like creating this place where the the city's comedians can come where traveling comedians can pop in and sell their hour show and, you know, keep ticket sales, things like that. Yeah. And I think we've chosen for now at the level that the comedy is in Barcelona, we've chosen the right space for it. It's a uh, 24 seats in, in Corona. So that's uh, right. manageable. Yeah. So if anybody's traveling around and wants to sell out a room of 25 people, you don't have to tell people that it's 25 people though. You could just be like, yo, sold out show in Barcelona, you know, like it's, it's cool. Absolutely. Right. So for anybody listening and curious, we, we've rented a bar. It used to be called Publimerk. I guess it still is, right? Yeah. Maximum capacity in normal times is 75 people. It's mm -hmm. two floors. The bar is upstairs and then the performance space downstairs. And we have a separate room for comedians. Um, because we're in this pandemic, what do you call it? It's not quite a lockdown, right? It's a quarantine or something. Yeah. Toque de queda. Like it's like a curfew basically yeah. so we have to be home by by 10 o'clock and uh bars have to if they're gonna sell alcohol they have to sell uh, close by five o'clock yeah uh, so we're doing mid midday shows we're trying to squeeze in two shows yep. <laughs> between 12 and 5 as many days of the week as we can and turns out a lot of people still have jobs i was expecting more people to have lost their jobs due to corona and be keen to hang out during the week absolutely it's really it's so you know i left science for comedy and like all of my friends don't have jobs. They're or like, are seriously underemployed. They have all the free time in the world. And it's really jarring for me sometimes when I run into somebody with a life, you know? Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this show on Friday at, you know, at noon, why don't you come by? And they're like, uh, I can't. Yeah, got a job. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been kind of a, uh, well, not a rude awakening, but I feel like I'm so busy 
at the moment because we've been getting all the stuff organized. But if I look at it, it's really just between 12 and five every day, you know? So it's still like, it's like 25 hours work a week, which is like half of what the average a real person, person does. does. You know? I'll tell you where I was coming from that this five hours a day, I'm like, oh God. It's my whole day. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, how am I going to do nothing all day? Yeah. Was this in the way? I got uh, really comfortable having these like two hour long walks with my dog three times a day. Mm-hmm. Now I have to cut back. The poor booze going to suffer because of it. These are the sacrifices we make for our art though. That's right. You know, we're really trying to push it to the next level. We're basically, we're basically, I don't know, the uh, Jack Kerouac of comedy. Yeah, I don't know who he is, but he's like Read us. Read a book. He's like Come us. on. If he's like us, then I get exactly Read a what book. you're talking about. Well, I was trying to think of like famous artists that had famously messy lives. I don't know. Picasso, maybe? I am finding that I don't mind the work. Like it's work that I hate. Like like t- just today I was doing all these different intradium events and all this. It's just really fiddly, dumb stuff. But I was like happy to do it because I feel like there's a there's a wider purpose to whatever I'm doing. And I've had other jobs with a wider purpose before, but I just don't see that or I don't care about that. Uh, whereas with this, I'm like, I, I, there's we have the whole goal and everything, every meaningless thing that I do has meaning adding up to the, the whole goal. And so sense. therefore no longer meaningless. Yeah, I guess meaningless. Ooh, I got way. you. Ha. You said a word wrong. Going to be one of those podcasts. Oh, I hope not. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. We'll feel it out. I'm ho- I'm excited to get other people who are trying to start clubs. Yeah, as guests. Yeah, well the, so my goal would be for this to be kind of a resource for showrunners wherever they are in the world to to sort of listen to this and go, "Oh, well that's what's working for those guys and and maybe we have someone from Berlin on and it's like, "Ah, oh, but they tried this and we're sort of talking uh, comparing concepts and ideas and and Make comedy great again. <laughs> yes. That's something that we can all agree on, right? I, I don't think that, I don't think anyone's going to get upset by that at all. Never. No, no. So actually, it, how would you describe Bar- the comedy in Barcelona before the creation of this stellar club? Well, before we created this club, it was really nowhere. No. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing. Bunch of, there was like some uh, tumbleweed. You know? <laughs> we, yeah, we built a comedy club in the middle of a, a, a vacuum, in the middle of a desert. And we built it by hand. Like but we carried yeah. the stones down from the mountain. We mixed the mortar it's ourselves. It's uh, a real brick and mortar yeah. type place. Uh, no, I look, I, I've performed comedy uh, loads of places, but Chicago and London and Edinburgh. Uh, and Barcelona has always been my absolute favorite place, partly because I live here. It's an awesome city. But, but I think the scene has something that's a little unique compared with uh, other scenes in that it's it's competitive, but not for stage time. So it's, imp- it's competitive in that we want to be better than each other, but not competitive to the extent that you would ever want someone else to do badly so that you can get more stage time. So it's kind of... Oh, I always want you to do badly, John. Come that's, on. Uh, that's so kind. I find myself I find myself thinking that often and then I like reflect, I'm like, oh no, I'm just, it's just the nasty part of me yeah. being, being a, like a jealous, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least... There's certain people least, when they eat shit, I smile. Like yeah. It, they, it's just, it's a, I don't know, it's human nature. But 
you recognize that that makes you an asshole. Right, I'm self-aware, and so I shouldn't be makes penalized. Makes you slightly less than an right. At the very least, you would you would think. What is uh, slightly less than an asshole? Does that make you a taint? <laughs> slightly less than an asshole. Yeah, you could be just like a bit of like bum fluff. <laughs> what we, a dingleberry, that's what we call them. Is that when shit sticks to the hair? Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of You see that on dogs quite a lot. I don't, in fact, but I'm... You should look at more dogs' <laughs> assholes, Matt. Amateur. Uh, if, if you say so. Where were we? God. Uh, we're talking about the comedy scene in Barcelona. So, oh, so, the reason why I brought that up, though, is that... So before I got into comedy, I never understood what it meant to run a show. I didn't know... And as, especially here in Barcelona, you know, people, people in cities and places that have real comedy ecosystems a showcase is different than an open mic is different than a comedy club right yeah and here we call these things shows and everything is a show and it's basically mm -hmm. a collection of people in a bar talking into a small amplified microphone yeah but it's been, been exciting at least in barcelona over the past five years so when i arrived five years ago there was maybe there was one open mic that occurred every other week i think mm -hmm. and what was that that was called uh I think that was called Just Kidding Barcelona. Yeah. And before that, there was something called Ample and a show called Suck. <laughs> Stand-up comedy kills. Yeah. Worst Suck. names I can, I can ever Suck. And then, they, and then they changed the name because stand-up... Did they change it to Suckle or was that a different show? Different show. Different show. Another different show people. called Suckle, Stand-up yeah. Comedy Live. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the same. It's completely exploded in the last... I've been here for four years uh, and... I think that the the level of comedian has, has gone through. It used to be that I was one of the best because I was one of the only ones. Yeah. And then I've seen like a whole bunch of comedians come through and get real good. And I have to like tell myself not to be mad at them. Yeah. Um, oh, and then now we're, we're starting to get kind of low level pro comics to come through. Yeah. And yeah. like stay here. And I hate them. Yeah, it is. No, I don't hate them, but you know what I mean. It's it, it forces us to, because the only way I perform is if, if there's like direct competition. That's why me and you have gotten along quite well, because I think we're both yeah. both a bit like, oh, I want to do better than Matt today, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's good to have the level raised. And you can see why like cities like New York are obviously just better comedy wise than somewhere like Barcelona. Um. Well, they have a lot of jobs there. I mean, New York and LA are unlike, and well, I'll throw London on onto the pile, but they're unlike any other cities in the world because they are entertainment capitals of the world. Mm -hmm. People come from literally all over the world just to go there and try to make it. So they have just a, a yeah. abundance and overabundance and excess of talent and of driven, ambitious people. Yeah, for sure. I don't but, think anyone will move to Barcelona to try and make it. Yeah, right. No one does that. It's much more of a lifestyle city. And then there's a lot of people that love Barcelona so much that it then becomes like, oh, how can I, how can I do a right while staying here without yep. having to go anywhere? <laughs> well, that's so one of my longer term goals for the city or the, you know, myself in general is to try to like, you know, make Barcelona a place where talent comes to, because I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not, I I love comedy, but not enough to kill myself in New York City. Yeah, I'm the same. But we can perhaps, especially given uh, the internet age and the ability to create things and send it off anywhere in the world, I believe that we can actually create, you know, an entertainment locus here in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And and I'll tell you right now, if we have American listeners, 
the cost of living here is a third of what it is in New York and LA. You could come move here, live cheap, make whatever it is that you make, and then go sell it in the States. That's my plan. Yeah. Uh, but if you're funny, just maybe just stay there. I don't know. If you're funnier than John, which yeah. let's be honest, is most of you listening. No, come on. We need to get a I'm, little laugh button. I'm not going to be your laugh track for your jokes about like <laughs> <laughs> Why not, John? Come on. They're not even that good. Oh, man. There we go. Nice. This is my first podcast with a proper podcast guy, by the way. Thanks. Uh, Thanks podcast Zach, producer, yeah. Uh, our audience is clearly stoned. It took them a while to get my joke. <laughs> All right, that's one. So, the, yeah, that's Zach Knudsen, our podcast production chief extraordinaire. Knudsen? Knudsen. What's a Knudsen? Is it a Canadian somehow? Knudsen? It, it's Canucks. like, it sounds Canadian. It sounds like that noise street fighters make when they do a... Knudsen. 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 Sonic boom. Moving right along. All right. So our goal is to create a place that we can perform comedy at all the time. For ourselves. For only ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and we've rented out this bar... And we've decided to call it com the Comedy Clubhouse. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that name today? I, I love it. Uh, still, I right? Still, I still love it. I still love it. I, I think it, it uh, describes the space so well. I mean, we, we kind of already knew the space a little bit. But since we've been in here, it's just... I've realized that it was even better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, and I think the whole the whole layout, the fact that the, the performance space is downstairs, so it's kind of this basement area where all the comedy happens, it feels like a, an exclusive clubhouse type vibe. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the clubhouse name. Uh, yeah, I mean, someone someone was concerned that there's apparently some some crappy app called Clubhouse that, that's what I heard. There's also, I think that Clubhouse refers to this like little sh wooden shack that occurred that children play in sometimes. I don't know. Clubhouse. So maybe the name technically was taken before we decided to make our club. Well, we didn't invent the word Clubhouse. Yeah, for sure that already existed. But I love the name. I think the name's good. Yeah, I think it it conveys a sense of camaraderie that I think we want. So right, exactly. like we want comedians to feel like they're part of something when they come here, and even the audience, we want them to be like, "Oh, we we found this place," or or, or whatever, you know. Well, and that also that something that we haven't mentioned yet, but like uh, another goal of ours is to actually create a club with membership fees and dues, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be a very cool thing to happen. Um, not just for comedy, but also for tax reasons. I think it makes a lot <laughs> oh, of really? sense. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I think it's better uh, in Spain for a number of reasons. And like, I mean, one of my big concerns with us doing this is that the Spanish government uh, don't tell you what you need to do, but will fine you when you don't do it. Right. So there's a whole list of just weird things you need. And we, we think we've got most of them, but we definitely don't have all of them. Yeah, the government seems to believe in a negative reinforcement strategy, or right? That's, yeah, exactly. Punish yeah. punish the behavior that you don't people want. didn't even know was wrong uh, harshly. So I'm worried about that. So we're trying to get that sort of thing lined up. I don't know. What, what What's your, do you have like a big concern that's, that's plaguing your mind at the moment? Or are you kind of like everything's going to work out? Yeah, I, I I live a pretty blissful interior yeah. life. No, my I mean my my biggest concern is just 
not being able to get people in the door. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're forced to work from noon to five. It's just not. Yeah. During the midweek shows, getting people in the door is, is for sure going to be going to be tough. Getting, getting people in the door that have money. is going to be even yeah. tougher. Though it's true. The, the fines that we could face are. Yeah. Scary. I just, there's just a, because we're, yeah, we're sort of able to do it at the price it is now, but if the police come in tomorrow and go, all right, that's a, that's a 1200 euro fine. It's like, that's just like such a big deal for us. You know, it's two months rent. Yeah. Let's go. What, what are all the things that we've been told we can be fined for now? Uh, the fire extinguishers not being up to date. Yeah. Uh, not having a, it's like a, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like a piece of paper and it just the, says something. The like, Oja de Re Reclamacion. Reclamacion, yeah. Uh, that thing. Recycling um, bins, not appropriate. Yeah, not separating our recycling. Uh, we ha we don't have the sound limiter hooked up yet. Uh, the, well, the sound limiter is crazy. So, so, so they have a sound limiter that you can connect up to the sound and everything. And it will have to. You have to connect it up to the sound. And then if, if the sound goes too high, it... This is right. It, right? Cuts it, it, yep. it, it cuts the sound, but it also sends a message to the people that manage this kind of thing and says like, oh, these guys put their sound up too much. Yeah. Uh, give them a fine, which is crazy. <laughs> why not? Why can't it be like a limiter on like a motorbike where it won't let you go over 50 kilometers? And then that's just what you do. That's with. sufficient. That should be sufficient. Should be, but that's not the way that the, the, it's got the a little police narc tool. Work. Yeah. Yeah. It goes and like rats you out to the police. And then if you don't have that, it's even, even bigger fine when they come around. Have you played basement comedy? Uh, yeah. Did the, did they have the sound limiter in place for that, for your show? Not that I know It's of. the most aggravating thing in the world because it's so sensitive. You're halfway through a joke and it cuts your mic down like 60%. That's so bad. Yeah. And so like half of the show is comedians being like, is it, is, is the mic broke? Is this thing on? And it's just the limiter. That's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, I guess our advantage is that like. To be honest, we don't need a mic for the, the size of room we're talking about. We have a mic just so it feels yeah. like still on stage and all that for the, for the sort of the comedy feel, but it's not necessary really. Yeah, I have two two speakers that are not even installed yet because they don't seem necessary. Yeah, but we want we just want to make it like the, the the best space possible, and that's what we're here for. So if there's even like a tiny change we can do to make it make a show better, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, um, as long as it doesn't cost money. <laughs> As much as possible. Thing. Um, so I had a had a had a thing, and this is something that I was concerned about before we started this place, and now I'm looking for strategies of sort of how to uh, attack it, because, and and I've spoken with loads of comedians about uh, someone like Dragos Christian talks about this when you're like promoting a show and you're doing the business side of shows and you're and you're trying to get this this tour or this club or whatever off the ground it's incredibly hard to do that at the same time as write creative interesting fun yeah. comedy so I've noticed I've done three shows here so Friday Saturday Sunday Friday went terribly didn't like it at all because I, I was just thinking of other stuff Saturday I was hosting and it was just a nightmare I was nervous I really? tipped over the mic and everything Sunday was okay but you did a, a set Sunday I did a set Sunday it was just five minutes and it was I mean it went it went well yeah. but I'm do you, have you thought about that how you're planning on switching your brain between being upstairs manning the bar, worried about whatever, and then going downstairs and being like, "Oh, I'm now I'm now I'm fun Matt. Now I'm comedy Matt." So 
I hadn't thought about it, but I need to because so on Saturday we had a gong show. John was hosting. I was working the bar, and he gave me a spot at the end of the night at the end of the show and close the show. I I was su- feeling super confident. Um, I had some good online shows. I thought my material was strong. I popped downstairs and and I was the bartender. I was being charming as fuck all afternoon. Everybody right. was like, "Ooh, is the show up here?" And so I thought I could just come down and rock it and I performed and they just utterly unconnected to the audience. Just like talking to a wall. Yeah. So I I hadn't been worried until that. Now I am a little bit worried. My my sol- long-term hope and solution is that we make other people work the bar so that we can focus on comedy. That's, you know? uh, that seems good to me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was concerned about that. And and also the, the perception of people, right? Because whoever's hosting the show is going to bring you up as the owner of the bar. We should we should not do that. Yeah, because I mean, someone even on on Sunday came up to me and they were like, "Oh, I was expecting you to be really bad because I knew that you owned the bar, but you uh, ended up being pretty good." You know what haunts me? You asked if anything haunted me. I I remembered what it was. Anthony Jeselnik was on somebody's podcast. I think it yeah, might have been um, Rogan. It was Rogan, and he's like, "The worst thing is when the the owner MCs the show." Yeah, exactly. Uh, when the club owner MCs the show, that is the worst. Because it's like they're insisting to be on stage, and we are kind of insisting on being yeah. on stage, but I guess the difference for us is that we started this place because of the comedy rather than starting the place and then seeing the comedy was there and being like, ah, fuck, I could do that as well, you know? Yeah, I, I wonder how many people um, how many people do that. Like comedy club owners, they probably are all failed comedians. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not exactly a happy thought, is it? Yeah. Well, because then I was, so I was kind of combining this with the uh, the previous thought of like trying to switch your brain between the, the business side and the creative side. I wonder if that's what happens is that people just get to a stage with comedy where they're like, fuck it, I'll start a comedy club. And then they find that that ends out taking so much of their time that they don't have the, the, the brain space available to yeah. write good comedy. And then they just get worse and worse and worse and before before you know it they're crap well i i think i've seen it in some friends of ours um when you get into the admin side of things and you you can find success there right you can run a you know run organize a show that actually sells a lot of tickets and you make art here in barcelona the showrunners are the ones that make the majority of the money and yeah and you know as a performing comedian you get like a five or a ten or maybe now maybe mm-hmm. 20 euros or something but I've seen some people that are maybe maybe found themselves better suited to that and the their desire and their performance of comedy has gone down. Yeah. And they they actually I've talked to them. They're they're happy with it. And they're like, you know, their dream. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably happens a lot too. Because it that way you can be close to comedy, you can see a lot of comedy, you can actually have power over it while not taking the risk of being on stage. Right. For sure. So I'm hoping it happens in that order. I'm hoping people recognize that maybe they would be better at the admin side and then start doing that. I'm hoping it doesn't become like, ah, they start doing the admin and then they get bad. Uh, you know what I mean? You're just hoping that you don't, this doesn't make I'm you worse. I'm hoping that it doesn't make me worse. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't realistically think that it will. No. Um, I think we got to wrap up a little bit, but I want to just discuss what shows do we have coming up this week, you think? Uh, we've got a show on Thursday. We've got our first magic show on Thursday, which should be cool. Um, oh, fantastic. There's three magicians on the bill. 
Yeah. Right? Three magicians uh, who are all amazing. Uh, they, two of them at least, I don't know, a couple of them, but two of them do comedy and magic yeah. and, and perform a lot of comedy shows. Then we've got Friday is... Comedy Bomb Shelter. Comedy Bomb Shelter. You want to talk about that? Um, it's a fantastic midday show that sold three tickets last week. Three whole tickets. That was That's our right. first show. That was the... Uh, I know. The flagship show of the I'll tell Comedy you, it Clubhouse. Did not, it, the show went well. Like, God bless those three people for coming. And then the, the other comedians, they were all good sports and sat. Stayed in the room. Yeah, and laughed. We had a good time with it. But it was not how I imagined it going. Uh, Comedy Bomb Shelter, though, I will say, is probably a large reason that we decided to take this particular place in the first place. Because yeah. going back years now, but pre-corona, pre-everything... Oh. Comedy Bomb Shelter on a Friday night was the place to be in Barcelona. Everyone would come so to this fun. place, would pack it out. I've done, I've done all sorts of stuff in this bar as yeah. a result of Comedy <laughs> Bomb Shelter. Uh, so, yeah, I think historically for the Barcelona scene, it's quite important, and and it's definitely mm. coming back for sure. Yeah, once we can do nights, man. Once we can do everything, changes once we can do nights. Oh yeah. my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. So, um, and then on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, two French shows uh, starting at 12.30 on both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's a couple of uh, French comedians from Bordeaux that are coming over. They hit me up and we just said, look, great. We'll put together a show for you guys. So we've sorted that out. And then on Saturday, starting at 2.30, I've got my show, Dorothy Gong Wild. Uh, it's a gong show. Uh, it's a gong show with a, I, I put a sexy lady as the uh, logo to, to get the fellas in the door, but I just host it. No, because you're an ally and you want to see women represented right, in I put comedy. A, I put a naked lady on the thing because I'm such an ally of both yes. women in comedy and the free the nipple movement. Exactly. Uh, so that's on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we've got a new material open mic with a couple of amazing comedians that have actually just recently moved to Barcelona. So it's, it's great that they're able to get involved. Start a show. That one's called Sunday Fun Day. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know, know it was they, called that. I don't know how they came up with it, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. It's good that it rhymes. That's what yeah. I like about it. I used, uh, oh no, in college I had dirty Sundays. It was the one day of the week I just decided I would not shower. Dirty Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was a show. That was just you being disgusting. Yep. <laughs> and you, you came up with a name for it and everything. That's uh -huh. beautiful. Well, and I'll tell you what happened. Uh, so after I instituted that, uh, this girl I had a crush on, word got back to me that she would not date me because she thought I was dirty. And I was but like, you were like, just on Sundays. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell her or tell everybody. So then I realized that I had an image problem. And so I, I decided to have a uh, create a whole campaign to let the world know that I was, in fact, I've a changed man. It was called Clean Me 2003. <laughs> That's so yep. funny. <laughs> and there was, you know, I did not change my hygienic habitat, whatever. I just, I, I hired just a... If you, if you rebranded yeah. yourself. Did not work. Nikki Weiler, you're out there somewhere. Well, why don't you just send a quick message to Nikki Weiler, let her know what you're up to, let her know that you're running a comedy <laughs> club in a dirty basement. <laughs> no, it's a clean basement. It's a clean club. Clean Matt, come on. Yeah, he's doing all right. All right, where can we follow this comedy clubhouse? The comedy clubhouse is on Instagram at the comedy clubhouse Barcelona. Uh, we're on Facebook, same thing. Is it Barcelona spelled out or BCN? Uh, it's Barcelona. 
Yeah, Jesus. I don't want to confuse people. How many letters? Is well, it's, so the comedy clubhouse is what you see when you go to the thing. But the, the, if you wanted like the tag, is the comedy clubhouse by the way. Because this place in Chicago stole our name. Yeah. like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fucking time travelers. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm glad that Skynet is trying to destroy our comedy careers rather than all of humanity. That's how I know that I will make it in the future. The fact <laughs> that they're sending people back into the past to try and destroy it. They've you know? already, you've already made it, John. They, it's, uh, it's like a Bill and Ted thing somehow. Yeah. I must find John Ellis. He has the joke that will de destroy the world. Um, I do have to mention that you're meant to hit the like button. And uh, there's a bell to ring yep. and click subscribe. Our production, our producer actually literally is holding a gun to my head, telling me that I have to say that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know it was required, but. So like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back. We'll probably do one of these every week, right? Yeah. I think that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I think it's cool. And if anybody, please, if you have questions or things that you want us to cover, let us know. Yeah, hit us up. We want to hear from showrunners. What worked for you? What didn't work from you? What are we doing wrong? Uh, oh, that's a popular topic. If you see a picture of Matt, feel free to roast him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you uh, see John, just shake your head sadly. No, he's fine. All right. And cut.